Dear Pastor, You often stress attendance at worship as being very important for a Christian, but I think a person has a right to miss now and then. I think every person ought to be excused for the following reasons and the number of times indicated. Christmas holidays, the Sunday before, the Sunday after, two. New Year's, well, the party lasted too long, that's one. Easter, got to get away for the holidays in the spring, two. Uh, July 4th, it's a national holiday, that's one. Labor Day, again, got to get away, that's two. Uh, Memorial Day, got to visit the folks uh, around the area, that's one. School closing, kids need a break after school, that's one. School reopens, got to have one last fling before school starts up, that's one. Family reunions, mine and the wife's, that's three. Uh, Sleep late, stayed up too long on Saturday night, nine. Nine. Deaths in the family, two. Anniversary for a second honeymoon, one. Sickness, that's one per family member, that's five. Business trip, got to go on business, that's one. Uh, Vacation, three to four weeks in the summertime, one before, one after, that's six. Uh, Bad weather, ice, snow, rain, who knows, clouds, Uh, two. Ball games, two. Races, two. Unexpected company, you can't leave them, that's two. Um, Time changes, spring and fall, two. Special on TV, Super Bowl, etc., you know, Super Bowl Sunday, that's three. Pastor, that leaves two Sundays per year. So you can count on us to be in church on the fourth Sunday in February and the third Sunday in August, unless we are providentially hindered. Sincerely, a faithful member. I have a question for you this morning, a couple questions for you. What does your heart long for? What does your soul yearn for? And when you think about it, real deep down inside, what does your heart yearn what does your heart long for? What is, for what is your soul yearning this morning? Is it the stuff of this world, uh, the material blessings that we think about, the, the stuff that we think about? Do you want more money? Do you want more houses? Maybe some land? Maybe you want um, more fashionable clothes or, or you want a, a nicer car or, or better jewelry. Maybe it's the things of this world that are, are really, that, that, that's what your heart and soul really want. Or maybe, just, just maybe, your heart longs for more. Your soul yearns for something better and something greater. Maybe you're longing for, for spiritual blessings. Blessings like unconditional love, inexpressible joy, incomprehensible peace. You see, these are the spiritual blessings I believe that God promises to his children in the verse that we're going in the passage we're going to look at today. We're going to continue in our sermon series called Psalms in the Key of Life. And we've been looking at different psalms all summer long. And we've we've looked at two psalms that had to do with fear and worry. And then last week we looked at a psalm that has to do with worship. And today we're also looking at a psalm that has to do with worship and what worship is really all about. This is the second psalm, like I said, that we've looked at that talks about worship. Um, And we're going to continue in this theme of worship today. Uh, What happens uh, when we think about worship? Uh, We may think about a service. We may think about a building. uh, We may think about people. We may think about songs. We may think about prayers. Well, we're going to talk about worship today. We're going to talk about what our hearts long for and what our souls yearn for. What is your heart And what does your soul really want, really desire? That's what we're going to talk about today 
what our hearts should long for, what our souls should yearn for. So if you have a Bible, if you can locate a Bible, grab your Bible, turn to Psalm 84. And that's the psalm we're looking at today, Psalm 84. Also, grab your bulletin and turn to page 3 to the handy-dandy outline, and you can fill in some blanks and follow along. And uh, we're going to talk today about Psalm 84, longing for God's house. Now, there were three ways that the sons of Korah longed for God's house. And the first way that they longed is they longed to be in God's house. There was a longing to be in God's house. Turn with me to Psalm 84. We're going to look at verses 1 and 2. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord, and my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. This is attributed, this psalm is attributed to the sons of Korah. Now, Korah was a Levite uh, at the beginning of the Old Testament. Uh, in the book of Exodus, we read about Korah. And these are his descendants who were singers in the temple. They, they sang songs of praise to God. That was their job. And so we see here that this is a psalm that the sons of Korah wrote and was attributed to them and that they would sing. It's a pilgrimage psalm, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But what we see in this psalm is that these priests, these Levites, they were of the tribe of Levi. They were priests. They were ministers of God. And that they longed for the courts of the Lord. They yearned to be in the house of the Lord, to be with, people, with the people of God. They yearned and they longed to worship God. Like I said, these were the, this was the tribe of priests. They were the ones who ministered uh, in the tabernacle in the wilderness, and they ministered in the temple uh, in Jerusalem. Uh, and, and like I said, the sons of Korah were singers, and this is a song about longing for God, truly longing and yearning for the Lord. Um, they longed to be, according to Psalm 84, they longed to be in the house of the Lord with everything that they were. They longed to be with their soul, with their heart, and with their flesh. Their soul, their heart, and their flesh. And that is the totality of a person. The soul, that which is deep within us, our hearts, the emotional side of us, and our flesh, our physical side. They longed to be in the house of the Lord. And when I hear this totality of a person, when I hear about uh, the heart, the soul, and the flesh, I think about Jesus' words in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, where Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. Now, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are called to love God with all that we are. It's part of the reason, part of our mission statement is to love God and to love others and spread the gospel. But that loving God that we do is we love him with all that we are. We love him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, and so when we gather for worship on a Sunday morning, one of the things that we do as a church family is we express our love and our admiration for God. You know, when was the last time uh, that you longed to be in the house of the Lord? The sons of Korah said we long to be in God's house. When was the last time you were, maybe you were in the middle of the week and things weren't going your way and you were having a really bad week and a really tough time and, and everything around you is falling apart and it's, and it's only Wednesday. And, and you're like, I can't believe that it's only Wednesday. When is Sunday going to be here? Because I can't wait to go to church because I really want to be in God's house. I really want to be with God's people. I really want to go to, I wish today was Sunday. You ever feel that way? Man, I wish today was Sunday. I wish 
you know, I could get together and, and feel some encouragement and feel some love and, and, and to be in the house of the Lord. You know, I think that sometimes we get the wrong idea about what church is all about. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But man, I, there's times in my life when I'm going through a bad week and I just think to myself, man, I wish today was Sunday. I would love to be in the house of the Lord. I'd love to sing his praises. You know, and, and that's what I, I, that, I don't know about you, but I love to sing the praises of God. I love to sing praise songs. I love to worship the Lord and to, and to praise him with my voice, to lift up praises to his name. And I think to myself, man, I wish today was Sunday. I, I want to sit right there and I want to look up and I want to see the cross. And I want to remember what Jesus did for me. I want to take communion, and I want to remember what the Lord did for me, how he gave his body and his blood for my forgiveness. Because I know that I need it, and I need to be in his presence, and I need to be with the Lord. It's not just a matter of coming because it's a holy habit. It's not just a matter of coming because that's what I should do. It's not a matter of trying to earn God's gr grace, not a matter of trying to earn his favor, not a matter of trying to get a, a brownie point in heaven or my star on a chart, on my attendance chart in heaven. Oh, good job, Sean. You were at church on June 22nd, 2014. You'll probably be there June 29th, too. We'll just fill that one in for you right now. I'll be here next week. Will you? But I want to look upon the cross. I want to think about Christ and his sacrifice and his forgiveness. This is the place where we come as a family to lift up praises to the Lord, to lift up his name and to worship him and to honor him for all that he has done. Now, here's this is something that I think is really cool. The good news of the gospel is that when the Holy Spirit, when you get baptized, when, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus and you believe in him and you repent from sin, you confess him as Lord and get baptized. The Bible says the Holy Spirit comes to live in your heart that you will be filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills you, and you become uh, what the Bible calls a, a temple of the Holy Spirit. We'll look at that verse in just a second. But the Holy Spirit lives in you. You have God living in you. You, have the ex you can experience God anytime, at any place, because God is living in you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Spirit of Jesus comes to live inside of you. God is always with you. So you don't have to wait till Sunday to have an experience of God. You don't have to wait till Sunday to know that God is with you. You don't have to wait till Sunday to worship him and honor him and praise him. We have the very promise of God's spirit living in us. And if we will accept his offer of salvation, the Holy Spirit will be with us. We're walking around with God in our hearts. You're walking around with God inside of you. You are a living, breathing house of God. Look at 1 Corinthians 16, 9. It says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? The Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. You are a living, breathing house of God. Now, does that mean that we don't have to come to church? Does that mean you don't have to, that you can stop coming to church? Well, I got God with me all the time. I don't need to go to church. That's not true. Hebrews chapter uh, 10, verses 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. We are to continue to get together and worship the Lord. We are to continue to praise God as a church family. It's more than just coming together and singing songs. There is the time to encourage each other, to lift each other up, to pray for each other, to, uh, to worship with each other. You know, your presence here today may uh, encourage somebody else. That you are called to be an encourager. You are called to be uh, someone who shares your love with somebody else in this place. Christianity is not a Lone Ranger exercise. 
Christianity is not, well, I can do it myself. I don't need to be in a church to worship God. That's true. You don't have to be in a church to worship God, but to be part of a church. You see, the church is not just a building. The church is not just four walls and pews. The church is the family. That's who we are. We are the church, and we need each other. We need to strengthen each other and love each other and encourage each other to forgive each other when we wrong each other. It happens. But we're a family here. We need each other. We need to worship with each other here in the house of God. That's why we get, keep meeting together to praise the Lord. The second way that the sons of Korah longed for God was they longed for the house of God is they were longing for worship in the house of God. They were longing for worship in God's house. Look at verses 3 through 8 of Psalm 84. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Bacah. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. We read here in this psalm that this is kind of like a pilgrimage. That there's a, a pilgrimage taking place to Jerusalem. And there are blessings for those who walk this journey of worship. There are blessings for those who walk uh, to the, on this journey to the house of the Lord. There is a blessing for those who serve. And a blessing of finding strength and uh, finding refreshment for those who walk in the Valley of Bacah. Apparently, the, the Valley of Bacah was a, uh, a dry and arid place, kind of like a desert. And the Lord promises refreshment for those who are going through the valley on their way to worship. So if you feel like you are walking in a desert, how many of you ever felt like you've been in a spiritual desert? Absolutely. There's times in our lives where we feel like we're dry and we're just in a spiritual desert. The Lord promises refreshment, rains, springs of water, pools of water. And that's what you need when you're dry and you're thirsty. You need that refresh. There's nothing better than an ice cold glass of water, except when there's ice in it and it hits your teeth. Ugh. But ice cold water on a hot day, that's refreshing. That's the kind of refreshment that God offers when we come to worship him. There is refreshment for us. You know, he fills the desert of our lives with springs and with pools of water. There is a blessing of strength that comes from worshiping God and a blessing uh, that comes from knowing that God answers our prayers and that, that God hears our prayers, that God knows the prayers that we pray and he hears them and he answers them. That is another blessing. All of these blessings come from worshiping God. Now, that's not the reason we come together for worship. Like I said last week, that's the gravy on the on the mashed potatoes. The blessing that we get out of worship is, is not uh, for us. Uh, alone, but we come to bless God. We come to give Him worship, and in return, He blesses us with His with His presence, and He gives us these blessings of strength and refreshment and answered prayer. When we worship, we receive these blessings. We are filled with joy from knowing Jesus. We are filled with strength from being close to God. We are filled with hope uh, of answered prayer. We are filled. Uh, uh, with uh, refreshment when we feel dry, that God takes care of us, provides for us. But like I said, what we receive in worship is secondary to what we can give in worship. 
We are blessed to come together. We are blessed to sing praises to the Lord. We are blessed to honor and worship Him. How many of you have a hero? Anybody have a hero? Just somebody you look up to, somebody you really admire. It may be somebody that you know personally, but I'm thinking more along the lines of like a, a famous celebrity, like an athlete or an actor or an actress or maybe a politician. Somebody that you said, you know, if, if, if you got a chance to meet them, you'd be like, oh, I would love to meet them. I, that would be amazing to meet them. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I Personally, I have a hero, somebody I really look up to, somebody I admire, and, and that is uh, Bono, the lead singer of U2. I'm a big U2 fan, just a huge U2, U2 fan. I've seen him in concert twice, amazing. Anyway, I'm a big U2 fan. I'd love to meet Bono and, and just to tell him, hey, you know, I, I really look up to you. Uh, I, I appreciate your music. It's touched my life in a, in a lot of different ways, and I, I love your music. I love the things you do for, for other people and, and the services that you provide and things like, you know, you raise awareness of all kinds of issues and stuff, and I think you're amazing. You know, here's the thing. We have a hero. His name is Jesus. And every single week, we get the opportunity to come and worship him. That, that's, that's all we're doing, is we're telling him, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I admire you. Jesus, I thank you for all that you've done for me. That's what worship is all about. It's coming and thanking and praising and expressing love and admiration to Jesus for what he's done for us. It, it's not about... You know, I like this song, I don't like that song. It's not like I like this person, I don't like that person. Because that's all about me. It's all about I. It's all about what I want and what I feel. When we come together for worship, it's about Jesus and what He's done. And how He has rescued us and saved us. And He's changing us to make us more like Himself through the power of the Holy Spirit. We express our love and devotion to Jesus for all that he has done. God has made salvation possible through his death of his son on the cross. And now we thank him and we praise him here on earth and we'll do it for all eternity. We need to praise and worship the Lord. The sons of Korah longed for the opportunity to go to Jerusalem and to worship, worship and to praise God. And we have the joy and privilege and they would do that three times a year. We get to do it every single Sunday. We get to do it every week. We get to come together and praise God, to go into His presence, to worship Him and honor Him and love Him. So are you taking advantage of it? Or are you like the, the guy who wrote the letter to his pastor, looking for excuses to get out of going to church? I'll never forget this episode I saw of The Simpsons once, where The Simpsons all come home after church on a Sunday. And they said, this is the greatest time of the week. And Marge asked, why is that? It's because it's the longest amount of time before we have to go to church again. Too many people feel that way. The church is a chore. Church is boring. Church is irrelevant. That's not true. Because that's a consumer attitude. That is an attitude that says, what am I going to get out of this? It's not about what you get out. It's about what you give. So we come together to give praises to God. We come together to give worship to Jesus. We come together to give love and encouragement to each other. That's what worship is about. It's not about, you know, suffering through a boring sermon, which I pray that you don't. I try to make it interesting. But it's about giving our praise and our honor and our glory and our worship to God. You know, you can't earn God's favor and grace. You've already got it. 
So you don't go to church to try and earn God's favor. You don't go to church to try and earn brownie points. You don't have to. Because God looks upon us with his favor and his grace each day. Don't try to earn grace by going to church. Come here for the right reasons. Come here to express that worship, to express that thanksgiving, to express that love, that adoration, that devotion, that honor, to glorify Jesus. The third and final way that the sons of Korah longed for God's house was they longed for rest in God's house. They were longing for rest in God's house. Look at verses 9 through 12. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. That was the king. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Look at verse 11 just one more time, real quick. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. You know, this is, these are the words of someone who is resting in the Lord. Someone who rests in the Lord, who knows that God is their son. He is the one who lights the way. God is their shield. He is their protector. That we can rest secure in God. This should be a place of rest. should be a place of refreshment. That when you come here, you should be able to feel like you're resting in God. That God is here with you. And you can trust in Him. And you can rely on Him. His character doesn't change. He doesn't change the rules halfway through the game. I was telling the first service that uh, last night I was watching a soccer game. <laughs> I don't know why. I was watching one of the world. The whole world has gone crazy for World Cup fever, right? Uh, so I'm watching the World Cup last night. This is how much of a sports fan I am. I don't care about the game. I don't care about the two countries playing. But sports was on, so my, you know, I'm transfixed on it. But I was watching the game, and somebody kicks a goal. The crowd goes crazy, <laughs> you know, and everything like that. And, and all of a sudden, they, the referees say, no, no goal. I thought, what? It seemed like they were changing the rules halfway through the game. It's like, no, 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 he was too far forward. What? And they lost the game because they disallowed the goal, and the other team scored. It's like, are you serious? Is this how this game operates? Is this how this game is played? It literally seemed like they were changing the rules halfway through the game. God doesn't do that with you. God doesn't do that with me. He doesn't change the rules on us halfway through the game. He doesn't say, okay, uh, I'm going to forgive all your sins uh, except these three. I've, I've taken them out of the forgiveness uh, list, and uh, we're not going to forgive those anymore. And then uh, all of humanity is scrambling going, wait a minute, that I do that one. Uh, that one I do. God doesn't change the rules. We can trust in him. We can rely on him, for he is faithful his character doesn't change. His grace doesn't change. His love doesn't change. His mercies are new every morning. He doesn't change the rules. God is our protector. The sons of Korah called him the defender of Israel. He, they were the keepers of the gates in the temple. That was their job. That was one of the things that the sons of Korah did. They kept the gates in the temple. They said, I'd rather be a, it's a menial task. To keep the gates. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the lavish tents of the wicked. I'd rather spend one day in your courts, one day doing some menial task for God, 
than to dwell and to live in the tents of the wicked. You know, a modern way of saying this, I would rather wash the windows at GFCC than live in the mansion of an unbeliever. Why? Because the spiritual blessings of knowing God far outweigh the material blessings of this world, of, of life without Him. God is our light. He is our protector. He is the one who bestows, as it says, favor and honor. That God takes care of those who uh, live blameless lives in Him. We can trust our God, and He will bless us when we do. When we trust Him, He will bless us with spiritual blessings of hope, of peace, of joy, of love, of reassurance, of confidence in Him, of forgiveness. Have you ever calculated just what forgiveness costs? What does that cost God? It costs Jesus His life. It costs God His Son. And He gave Him up willingly for us so that we could be forgiven and have the promise of eternal life in His presence. He will protect us and He will provide for us. We must trust Him and we don't trust Him enough. We need to know that God is in control, that God is in charge, and that He is trustworthy. He is watching over us. He is protecting us. He is providing for us. Put your faith and trust in Him to provide all that you need. Will we have troubles in this life? Anybody got troubles right here in River City? Yeah, we'll have troubles in this life. Jesus said we would. John chapter 16, Jesus said, you will have troubles in this life, but I give you something greater than trouble. I give you my peace. And even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of, of sorrow, even in the midst of grief, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of suffering, we can have peace. Peace that comes from knowing Jesus. We can have peace that comes from God's presence in our lives. We live in a fallen and broken world. And yes, we will have trouble, but Jesus gives us peace by his presence. I began the message this morning talking about the yearning of our hearts and what our hearts long for. So what does your heart really long for? What does your soul yearn for? Is it the stuff of this world? Because those things don't last. They break down, they fall apart, they rust, they get stolen. Those things don't last. But the, the spiritual blessings that God promises those last forever and ever and ever. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said to seek God first. And every blessing we will ever need will be added unto us. He will provide all that you need if you will trust Him and then worship Him. I have two challenges for you this morning. Challenge number one is to be faithful in your worship of God. Don't make this optional. Don't make this a sometime thing. Don't look for excuses to get out of going to church. Rather, find the joy of worship. Find the peace that comes from worshiping God. Find the, the pleasure and the, the privilege of worship. And make this a, a holy habit to come and to worship God and to love and encourage your brothers and sisters in Christ. And then my second challenge is invite someone. Invite someone to come and find out what this is all about. To find the hope that comes from Jesus, the love that comes from God, the forgiveness that comes by His grace. And when they do, they will hear about God's love. 
and they will want to worship him too. The Bible says that we are to let our light so shine before men so that they may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. So shine your light this week. Invite someone to come and join us to hear the good news of Jesus Christ that they may praise our Father.